0: Welcome, everybody, to Broadcast Team Alpha, where we bring you cutting edge, edge, edge conversation while exploring the quantum possibilities. And tonight, you notice I said edge three times, we have some of the most enchanting immortal goddesses. So I am not going to do our usual intro because I don't even want to waste another second of precious time. So, Augie, please tell us about our guests.
1: Oh, yes, this is going to be so fun. We have a wonderful roundtable conference coming up for you guys listening out there. And we're going to talk about near-death experiences. And of course, I never died, so I got not to talk about But these three ladies, they do. They, yes, they did die. And they went and had an experience, and they came back, and they're talking about it. So that's what we're going to hear about. And uh, I would love to introduce Rebecca Renee first, and maybe she could uh, talk about her experiences. We have been friends for probably close to 10 years now, and we talk ever so often. And she is a tremendous, incredible mind. She is also the creator of Angels 911. It is a program that gives real-life angelic intervention for people whose life is on the line. This was inspired by a mother and her daughter who did get that angelic help when they really needed it because of what uh, Rebecca helped them do. She is also a cellular memory healer and a teacher of the light language. It's, uh Well, if somebody actually had a trauma that uh, this is a little bit on the side, but if somebody have a real trauma, they need to talk to her because she can help them develop new neural network and pathways in the mind and the brain for healing. And she had three near-death experiences. It almost sounds to me like they don't want her on the other side. Because they sent her back. <laughs> they sent her back because she's got more work to do. And you're going to hear about that right now. So welcome here to the roundtable, Rebecca.
2: Awesome. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So um, thanks for the introduction as well. So um, yeah, I'll just uh, kind of hop right in and tell about, you know, they each were different the one that was i want to say one of the most profound was when i was i was uh deathly ill i was um 27 years old and i had just given birth to my youngest daughter um she was a very hard labor i had my tubes tied the day after so i had just given birth and had a surgery and then it was probably i want to say about two weeks later um I was doing laundry and, uh, their dad, I'm not with him anymore, but at the time he was at work and, um, I started getting pain in my lower back and I had my newborn, um, in her little seat and I had my seven-year-old, she was kind of jumping on the bed or something. And I felt this pain and I thought, oh my God, I thought, um, my kidneys are contracting. I gained a little too much weight with her. And I thought it was my second baby. And I thought, okay it's my muscles and then i want to say within mm, within the half hour to an hour my sp- my fever had spiked the first day to 105 and it's like oh that's not good i took my temperature and i i stood up and i i felt like i was possibly going to pass out and i i thought okay i need to call someone quick so I called my stepmother who was a nurse at the time. And I said, can you come over? I said, I'm, I have the chills. I said, I'm, I feel like I'm going to pass out and mm. I have the kids here and I'm by myself. And she said, yeah, I'll be right over. So, um, in the meantime, we went to the ER. We, um, we, uh, at what, what I did just, that that it was uncomfortable to have such a high fever as an adult so i took like four advil i took two tylenol and i ate popsicles the whole way there got the fever down to like 102 well what happened was as i got there um they uh because the fever wasn't spiked so high on that particular day on the, at that particular time because of the advil i um they basically did a few tests and gave me a prescription for um macro bed and said you have a uti mind you i had a life-threatening septic infection so i was like nothing felt right it didn't feel right to leave and i was too 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 tired and sort of out of it to really argue with them so i went home and just like i was like okay i hope for the best i know i'm really sick so the next day and i don't know how i made it through the night i was chilling and fevering and sort of in and sort of really in and out of my body all night and sort of. At lucid weird dreams and hallucinations and i knew i knew i wasn't tethered at all to my body and um and i uh, i but yet i was so tired to care at the same time so i made it through the night the next day um i woke up and um it was like i don't know i woke up with the baby actually and then um i i i went to the table and i um I started getting the chills again. And um it was funny because I didn't have to call her. My stepmother was already on the way over. I was again by myself and the fever spiked up to 105 again. And I was like, okay. And I just told her, I said, can you please come with me? And I'm like, they have to keep me, something seriously wrong with me. So we went to the emergency room again. And um, in the meantime, it was on a weekend. Um it was February of 1998, and um, there were like it was winter, so there were sick babies. There was someone in like a, a motorcycle crash. They just it was it was total chaos, and I was laying in there, and I so I kind of was uh, like sort of forgotten about as they were you know kind of coming back and forth, and the fever started spiking, and I started leaving my body, and um, I I had the chills so bad I bit my tongue, and um, the whole time what they ended up finding out why I was in septic shock and my organs were starting to shut down. And um my my vitals, what happens in septic shock? Your blood pressure goes so low, you start passing out and you start again leaving your body. So um I called her I want to say I called her the um the angel of death <laughs> that came for me. She um was in the corner of the room and I could see her very clearly and I knew it's it's an interesting thing. When she comes, you kind of know it's, you know, it's, you're at a crossroads, you know it's serious. And it's almost like she has a foreboding presence, but yet welcoming at the same time. And um, at that point, um, I left my body. I, I was in and out. I left. I, I did end up flatlining and they coded me. But at that point, I left and I sort of hovered up above my body to the corner of the room and uh she started talking to me and instantly we went into the life review and it was like okay she showed me a bird's eye view of like if you leave now your daughters your one daughter's gonna leave at probably age 16 the other one's gonna be suicidal just the impact it would have of not having a mom to raise them I saw the impact on my grandmother I saw everybody like already sort of at my funeral like I was like oh god and uh and it's it's weird because at the same time as you're going into that light and seeing also meeting god face to face you that that thing of where people say they don't want to come back you see that beauty as well on on that side and the love and it's it's so welcoming in your your ancestors you know your people that have gone before you and even your pets and you're like it, it it is it's a tough decision and honestly if I did wouldn't have had children I definitely would have instantly flew out of that body, but I kept looking down and I could I could see my I could I could see my daughter I could see my little newborn that, that would have to that would have to be without me. And I was like I I can't do that. I can't leave her. And I looked at the angel and I said, I said I'm gonna stay. I said, I said, she was giving me a choice. And that was the cool part. And I was like, I was like, um, what do I do? What do I do? And she said, open, open your mouth. Um, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. She was kind of like trying to be funny with me. And I was like, Okay. So I I sort of floated and hovered back back into my body. And I started what little life force I have left. I started banging my bed as much as I could and calling for help. And at that point, I could barely see her out of my human eyes, but a nurse came in and she clicked the thermometer in my ear. And she's like, all oh, that can't be right. And she's like, she's like, your fever's over 106.3. And that's when she started calling the whole team for me. And again, I started kind of going in and out of consciousness and, um, I could see her, but yet I would float back up. And, and at that point, um, It's really weird. My stepmother, who's the nurse, she doesn't. She, I'm a little woo woo for her, and she doesn't really see auras. But she said, "I knew you were dead." She said your whole body went ashen colored and gray. She said, "She said what you talk about with auras." She said you had none. And at that point, that point, I, I, uh, I, I again went back over to the other side, and I was shown. Um, I wrote some notes about some of the stuff. I'm a little spacey today. But I'm just things about like, there's no time over there, we can create anything over there. But the thing is, we instant manifest. So like, you just think of it, and you're like, boom, while you're over there, you download so much in a split second, even though there's no time, you know, but you just think of something and you create, just as you do here, as we think, oh, I want to manifest something cool, but it takes a little longer, but our frequency is so sped up, so we can just create, create, Everything in like religious programming that I was shown like like there is no religion on the other on the other side, there's no dogma, there's no like it's not about sin and just stuff that you know that is in the religious things that you judge yourself, you know, like I judged myself as I did the life review, like oh, you know, I messed up here, or you know I could have did this better over here and um and again and you empath everyone it's been all in your soul family and all of your souls you empath them and you like you feel them kind of like as we empath here but it's a little stronger so you get to be everyone and just look at your role and see how we all like have these agreements and stuff but um but yeah um just just what you learn over there is so much like what we haven't been taught and it's not and just the fact of like it's not something to be afraid of like like we just change form like from as from like gas would turn to vapor would turn to ice you know but that form and just about energy never dying and but the love of god is the beautiful part the love of of like god is not some main parent in the sky who's going to judge you you know again you judge yourself but just that that much euphoria and love and oneness and that unity that we're trying to create here on earth um is is something that you really you really understand it on a experiential level but also I was shown like if I left, I, I wouldn't be able to do my mission as a healer and all the lives that I would touch in the future. Like it's really wild. You get that bird's eye view again, where, like I'm never going to meet someone. So I'm never going to do body work on them. I'm never going to sit and hold this person's hand or I'm never, you know, going to feel feel emotions on this sort of level. It, it, it's, it's quite a quite a learning experience that you you learn in a in the blink of an eye you know about about
0: that mm. wow, that's, wow that's that's amazing um how long was that that whole oh gosh can... probably
2: i want to say
0: i ended up being in the hospital
2: for a few weeks but um that it went on for i want to say i was coding and they were doing it was wild. they had like ice under my armpits and my vitals would would go out i could I could faintly hear them, and um i wanna say uh I wanna say it lasted for an hour or so off and on, off and on when I finally sort of popped back into my vessel, it was really weird the nurse the nurse I had was trying to be really funny, and um, she looked at me and was dumping ice on my forehead, <laughs> and I popped back in again, and I looked at her. I sort of, it was like a pulse flash, like coming back in and out of, out of the vessel. But she goes, don't worry, honey, we'll save brain cells. I know you're blonde and all this stuff. And it it's really weird what, what little life worth they had in inside of me made me laugh. And at that moment I felt this jolt and I was like, I'm back. I knew it. I looked, my eyes started being able to see and true focus in the room. And I was like, I'm, I'm on earth. I'm back. And I'm, I'm staying and I'm gonna raise this baby and I'm gonna do what I came here to do. And and I just started crying and and uh it's it's quite a shocking experience, almost like when you're born, you know. People think death is a is a shock, but being born and incarnated is traumatic as well. So anything like that, it has a beautiful but yet a traumatic aspect at the same time. It's hard to hard to kind of describe, but but, um, what you learn is like it it changes you forever, and, um, yeah, you bring mm-hmm. something back with you, and yet at the same time, there's a part of us that always stay tethered to that afterlife, even in our vessel, so like, in a sense, we can all sort of learn how to- ta- ta- pass through that veil at some point, but, um, there's a part of you that remains there and. And uh, no one can sort of take from you what what you learn, you know, over there. It remains,
0: like, sort of within you. Um, wow. And did, did you have any sensation of the physical body when you were going through that? Or you were... Uh, Correct- no, I left so
2: far that I, I could look at my body. And I was sort of face-to-face with the angel, sort of face-to-face with God. Um, I didn't so much see Jesus I know some people do but I could feel him with me I could feel the angels with me their love I could feel them for me it was more of everything's communicated through telepathy and sort of emotion so like you feel kind of like if you're a sensitive as many healers and people that have had this experience are uniquely undeniably so HSPs highly sensitive people so you have that sensitivity and you're like you can hear thoughts and you you just have a knowing of things, and um sort of those sensations on in your consciousness, but not so much, yeah, it's like the body's almost forgotten about for me, you know, and I know every experience is different, but the body was just like a dense shell that was forgotten about, but yeah, I was still me, sort of at the same time, um yeah, really,
0: really cool, wow.
1: Thank you so much for sharing that Yeah, so. Yeah, gosh. Uh, I, you know, what do you think, Jenny and uh, Geraldine? Maybe you got a question for us? Because you, the, some so of great. this may be familiar to you.
2: And some of this I want to say real quick. So I, I look back, I'm 53 years old now, and I should technically have been sort of a, maybe brain dead or a vegetable or um you know the organs had shut down to as much as as much as deadness as they could and um god the universe the angelic realm the my my spirit team revived me and um not only restored my health to divine perfection but i'm healthier at my age now than than i was back then and enough surplus of energy for the healing mission so the body is so capable of regeneration it's beyond my comprehension even
0: mm-hmm. well that's and I was actually thinking that when you were talking from being a nurse you know even when we coded people that were in their teens or in their 20s oftentimes there would be some deficit because you know CPR is not perfect so that's miraculous that's miraculous Rebecca yeah. that's wonderful. yeah
1: a uh, phenomenal story this this i i know this will stay with the listeners for the rest of their life what they're mm-hmm. hearing here so we sure thank you and uh let's go to the uh next speaker here we have geraldine Orozco, and uh gosh what can I say? She she is everywhere. She's on conferences, interviews, she's in documentaries. And hey, by the way, you're gonna be on national TV in Sweden because they're putting together a TV documentary where you got a section in it.
3: That's right, that's right, Augie. Thank you. Thanks to you as well for that connection. It's a wonderful project that's been taking place in Sweden national television where they are inquiring about interdimensional contact and, you know, the phenomena and how that takes place. And there is a profound connection between the afterlife and interdimensional awareness as well.
1: Sounds so, excellent. Yeah. That's, that's going to be fun. I, I got a few more things I got to say about you yet. You are certified in so many things. You are teaching Qigong, you do meditation. You, in fact, you put together a meditation group in the Bay Area and you're a hypnotherapist. you neuro linguistic programming, the stress reduction program, you're doing and DNA repairing, uh, reprogramming. Actually, probably more so. And then she died, <laughs> but she was returned back too because they didn't want her either. She had more work <laughs> to do. <laughs> so uh, now uh, she also through hypnotic regression. She found out that she have a long history of alien contact, and uh, uh, her uh, her website is GeraldineOrozco dot com. And um, what happened to you, Geraldine?
3: Yeah, thank you so much. First of all, thank you so much for having me on this panel. It's such an honor to be here with these beautiful ladies and these incredible stories that they're sharing. I resonate a lot with Rebecca's experience. And I do have a question for her, actually, that I'll probably ask later. Um, But um, yeah, so for me, um, I was at a very particular time in my life uh, in which I had gone through a tremendous transformation of about five years. Um, I had my conscious contact experience in 2013 after I went into retreat for several months into deep meditation, sometimes meditating up to nine hours a day, um, trying to answer some pretty deep, profound questions. Um, Mm -hmm. And that kind of triggered an opening of some psychic abilities that allowed me to see interdimensionally. So it started there. Five years after that, I began to channel a lot of information after having another layer of awakening. And um, I guess I went through several existential crises since 2017 with this massive amount of information about the origins of mankind, our genetic origins, uh, our relationship with interdimensionals, our relationship with the unseen realm, uh, which I was studying and researching not only through my own experiences, but also through the clients that I had been working with. Um, And in 2018 I had come to this pinnacle realization of how profound the human experience is but at the same time kind of questioning the purpose of our existence beyond the idea of just everyday life but looking at the spiritual essence of why we incarnate and I had a question about that and I was wondering you know what is the purpose really of this incarnation of our participation in the greater whole Um, And, um, you know, is it really necessary for us to incarnate once we receive and we open up this information to higher, higher awareness of, um, and the reason why I had that question is because I had been channeling and navigating these realms into looking at kind of like the genetic structure of the universe and and how tiny we are, and yet how powerfully significant the human role really is to the collective. But the question I had was really about the whole holographic system of this matrix life. What is the purpose of that? You know, the choices that we make on a daily basis, how do they affect us? And so it brought me to this point where I was questioning life itself, the purpose of existence. And it's when I had that question that I had to travel to Mexico um, to do a uh, conference down there. And I had been uh, touring uh, Tulum area, very beautiful, extremely hot. And one day we went to the pyramids, um, Teotihuacan, and it was just really beautiful, but extremely hot. And so uh, on this particular day, I had a very intense dream the night before of the land of Mexico welcoming me, um, uh, but a very deep, deep energy. Mexico has really, really profound energy, very sacral energy. Um, And... Uh, More on this later, but um, when I went to the pyramids, the heat was so hot and the vortex of those areas are so powerful that I was feeling lightheaded, kind of like how Rebecca was saying she was feeling with the solar flares, Um, just, you know, completely losing consciousness and kind of moving in from one timeline to another awareness of what had happened, the history there you know, and and the heat was just so strong. So there wasn't many stores, there wasn't a lot of water. So I kind of began to go into a heat uh, stroke. Uh, I started to have tunnel vision, everything started to go black, um, you know, and somehow, you know, I'm using my healing techniques to ground myself, to stay in my body, to regenerate and to absorb liquid from the air, you know, every every energy technique that I know until I got to a little convenience store, Um Where I began to drink water and as I begin to kind of heal myself, drinking the water, allowing my body to absorb and begin to regulate from the heat, uh, you know, I kind of brought myself back from that almost going into unconscious state. Okay, so this is the first part. So my body was really weak after that, took a lot of energy to bring myself back. And I'm walking back to the main entrance where there was a restaurant that had air conditioning. So I have some time to recover. I'm drinking bottles and bottles of water, really, I think 11 bottles of water to try to help myself recover as quickly as possible. And uh, we leave. And by the time I'm getting into the car, we drive down, mind you, Teotihuacan in Mexico is about two hours away from Tulum, the little uh, town that's there. And the rest of it is in the middle of this wild, wild jungle. There is nothing, there is really nothing but small little towns around. Uh, and uh, you know, as we get onto the road, uh, of course, I need to go to the restroom um, because I'm drinking so much water and we stop and I get out of the car. I go into this little woodworking shop on the side of the road, middle of nowhere in the deep, deep jungle. And um, I get down into the restroom, which is, you know, basically like four four sticks and and you know the the restroom in the middle, and it's covered in in spider webs and bugs. You can imagine in this jungle setting. So I go into the restroom and. Um, I, I feel a pinch like on my side here, okay, and I don't think much of it. I think probably mosquitoes or something like this. And by the time I walk out and I walk towards the probably ten steps, reach my hand to open the door, I began to have these giant boils show up all over my hands. I mean, it, it is so impressive, like boils. Like one moment to the next, my hand covered in these boils, and it, it was spreading up my arms. Uh, spreading onto my legs Um, and you know of course I began to panic because I'm starting to feel that my tongue is starting to get um, swollen and thick and my throat is thick so I sit into the car and I said oh my gosh I think something something poked me like something bit me you know and um, we just get into the car and we continue driving not trying to think much of it and I'm trying to regulate my body once again and as we are moving, we go through a stop sign where there are policemen who check our papers, you know, to check us. And when he looks at my hands, he says, you got bit by a scorpion, you know, in Spanish. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you sure? He's like, yeah, that's a scorpion. You need to get to a hospital immediately because you're having an allergic reaction to it. And we're, in, we're still about an hour and a half away from the nearest hospital or anything. And we get back in the car and we drive down, my poor friend driving as fast as possible to try to get us through the highway, but I was already going into anaphylactic shock. My entire chest was completely closing on me, I could barely breathe, um, you know, my heart was racing, the entire body was becoming numb, and, and I felt like paralysis, like it was, everything was becoming stiff. Um, and as as I'm looking at the car racing down the highway, I begin to see a tunnel with a white light and I'm beginning to feel myself leaving this body and in the middle of the highway, next thing I know, I stop breathing, I, I feel my body fall back and myself fall forward, which is funny, um, and I'm seeing myself basically hovering on top of the car Looking down at my friend who's crying hysterically over me, trying to see my poles, trying to see if I can come back, but he's driving as fast as possible, and as I'm looking down at the car from above the car, I'm seeing very colorful bird uh, droppings on top of the car because they're the birds are very tropical down there, and you know, it's just very interesting I found it to be very beautiful um, because they were so big and colorful and um, but you know at the same time having this conflicting emotion of, of not understanding what was happening to me I began to realize I'm dying and um, All of a sudden I thought you know my goodness. Why is this happening right now? Um, I think when you're in a very, you practice conscious awareness in the present moment, you understand that these kinds of events don't happen randomly. So for me, I was shocked and I was confused as to how I could have manifested such an event. And what was the reason behind that? How did I end up in this place? You know, and immediately I began to think about my mother and the impact it would have on my family, you know, and, and reviewing kind of having this timeline view of how it would impact all my family members in one instant then the next minute i'm being drawn into this white light that it's tunnel that gets bigger and as i'm moving towards the white light on the right side of me is my father and my mother you know they just show up there and my brother holding a basket of bread and my my great uh my my grandmother from my father's lineage so they show up with this basket full of bread and um i'm basically reviewing our contractual agreements in one instant all the agreements that we have as a family ancestrally and behind that comes all of the ancestors start to come out and seeing generations of of beings Um, and to the right side then then i realize you know this is a really serious uh, high soul contractual event and before me um, the the white light comes out a checkered floor, black and white checkered floor, appears. I I, I don't I, I painted this, and I have the painting to show you in a minute, okay? Um, but on the right side, the scorpion that bit me appears. And the scorpion, essentially, um, what, what came to my mind was, okay, I know how to break contractual agreements with humans in my traumatic experiences in human life. Let me see if this is possible in this afterlife. And so I began to question, what is the agreement bringing me into this death? And as I see the scorpion in front of me, the contractual agreement opens up, and it was a very, very profound lesson and experience about the sacral energy healing of my sacral chakra, precisely in this land in which the sacral energy is so strong about creation, manifestation, about questioning the essence of life, which is what I had been doing weeks weeks before, questioning the purpose of our incarnation Um, and as soon as I understood my agreement there all of a sudden from this white light emerged universes okay this is the best way I can explain it from the white light emerged universes that I now became connected and I became aware of my purpose for incarnating in this lifetime and what I had not been doing or what I had been doubting for myself up until that moment that had not allowed me to move forward in what I'm here to do And as soon as I understood that, and I accepted it, because there was an emotional part of me that really needed to accept this agreement, that was in resistance. Immediately, the white light expanded, turned white, and as I break the contract with the scorpion, I am returned back into my body. And as I am returning back to my body, These beings, my ancestors, and all of these beings I had been in contact with over the past few years and through my life, it became, became apparent that they were just reflections of myself, mirrors of myself that I had been working with many lifetimes in doing the work that I'm doing here today. And, you know, the purpose is actually very important. Every human has an agreement, they have potential timelines that they have the ability of tuning into. And in some cases, when we make these agreements and we doubt ourselves and we resist and we hate ourselves or we feel afraid of those agreements, we create these kinds of powerful events to shake us up out of these dormant states into back into that that purpose that we're supposed to be in. So that was was a profound lesson for me. Um, And essentially I was being asked, are you ready to come back? And when I said, Yes, I understood it was not my time then. I understood the consequences of if I would continue to die, and I understood the consequences if I continued to live. so I chose to live and there were consequences you know which you know i'm I'm experiencing now as well um, but um my my lesson, I guess the moral of the story um and so essentially we we got to the hospital, and the doctors didn't understand how I was able to come back to life. Um, That's not something you can explain to them, but essentially I had died, I had flatlined for those three minutes. And, um, you know, then returning back into the body. uh, Yeah, it was just a shocking experience. My poor friend that was holding space for me, obviously had some kind of agreement with myself um, at that time as well. But uh, the moral of the story is, essentially, uh, we have to trust and we have to get really clear about our purpose here. And I'm not saying a purpose like you have to be a healer or a shaman or anything like that. Our purpose is so, it it is something that will take some time for the human to understand with patience and with love. Understanding the cyclical ancestral programs that we're running. And hopefully the invitation is to break those ancestral programs in order to establish a new way of being. Moving forward the evolutionary cycle. Um, that we're here to impart on the planet, and every human is designed genetically in their DNA they hold the history of their ancestral lineage and the potential for healing um
0: so that that was my experience and my story yeah. powerful Ooh. thank you thank you so much paul so thank,
3: thank you mm-hmm. that
0: was i'm i'm still trying to wrap my brain around that my spirit around that the when you said that you looked at your ancestors and they were all a reflection of you that is so profound on so many levels how did that whole experience change your work
4: right right
0: excellent question
3: so uh tremendously because there's a couple reasons. Um, first of all, the healing work that I came uh, upon, you know, I stumbled upon through my own personal deprogramming of my own DNA through those many years of meditation. Essentially, I find that, you know, this there really is a certain formula for the human or some kind of formula that the human can adopt in their healing process. The idea is to wake up consciousness deprogram matrix programming so all of those false concepts of the self limiting belief systems in order to unlock the true essence of the human which is infinite potential and that's really difficult for the human to understand so when i when i experienced the death part of it it allowed me to understand what lies beyond this physical realm and and really we are we are waking up consciousness in dream time in order to train how to navigate and to make proper choices at the time of death, we even have a proper way of dying. The most high vibrational state that we can cultivate at the time of death, at the time of departure from the physical body, there's a physics to that. There's a mechanism to that. The moment we detach from the physical body, um, the vibrational frequency that you hold allows you to navigate and allows you to have more uh, free will, in a sense, in that neutral in, in the neutral state, non judgmental neutral state of a zero point, in which unconditional love allows you to unite to all things around you. And that is kind of where, and maybe the only time, where humans are able to have free will choice in order to resonate with experiences that can propel their soul, not just the soul, the ancestral lineage forward. You know, that's how profound our purpose is here on this planet. That when we heal ourselves, we are really healing the collective. So it changed my work in such a powerful way that allowed me to understand the importance of becoming lucid in waking state as much as dream state. Because really, as you know, all the ancient cultures from Egypt to, uh, you know, uh, India, American Indians around the world, all these ancient cultures talk and stress the fact that we have to train lucidity and dream state. Why? Because that's the training for death. Because when you leave this physical body in the same way you leave your body at night, this is how you are training to navigate these alternate realms. And the awareness and the discernment ability to be able to discern light and dark experiences and how to use them for evolution is really important for us as, as human organisms experiencing this time. So for me, it was it was very powerful awareness and confirmation really of things that we know, we've known, but to experience is you know a different thing. Yeah. You
1: said something that I caught on to, and that is that you cancel your contract with the uh, scorpion. Now, that makes sense to me. (laughs) I know how to cancel contracts, too. I've been a paralegal for 30 years, and there is a relationship here. You have physical contracts that there is always a way to cancel a contract and now you're saying there is a way to alter the contract we have with the universe that the one we agreed to before we were born yes we can alter that contract even in a temporary death
3: yes but let's uh, make sure we get this clear because when we talk about contracts you know we're not talking about just like little agreements that we make these are agreements that are made so if you think of it this way, every choice that your ancestor has done has manifested and brought you into manifestation, okay? You yeah. are a vibrational frequency that is a match to exactly what is needed to heal all of the things of this ancestor lineage. And the ancestral lineage is part of a collective human race. We are all one. We are all one down to the very core origin of human origin. Um, So we are all kind of healing and repeating these cyclical patterns in the incarnation cycle. So what we're breaking or what we're working with are experiential contracts. They are are agreements to experience things, opportunities, I call them, for Hmm. evolution. The learning or the source experiencing through us as a fractal of infinite potential. So when we become aware of that, You know, instead of uh, being lost in the storyline of the trauma that we are holding within our genetic lineage, we can we can change. We have a choice. We are not that. We are so much more that we are into and then from there carefully create your life. That's the whole point that you are a creator of infinite potential rather than a product Mm -hmm. of any kind of thing that has ever happened to you. Um, so this is how we rewrite agreements. And and just to add one little tool there, tip, how do you rewrite, how do you break the contracts? You bring them to neutrality, the most optimum zero point of non-judgment of either side. There is no good or bad, there's cause and effect, the awareness of the consequences of those cause and effects in order to evolve your soul into the most expansive, unconditionally loving self possible. So that's actually how you break a contract, and that's what I had to do. I had to reunite my separ- my mind of separation, even with myself and this existential awareness, into the body. I had to embody that information. That was the integration process.
1: Sounds wonderful. Thank, Thank you. you.
3: And if you want, I can show you the painting some other time, or or now whenever you want. I'll share with you.
1: Oh yeah, let's do that later. You're you're going to be on broadcasting fire here in not too long too. So. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was so good. And and then we have Jenny G. Uh, gosh, um, Jenny G has been on broadcast email for several times and it's so much fun because she is fun and she has a wonderful depth of her talk. Uh, she goes far out of her way to help people. She wears many hats. She is an international known TV host, a psychic medium, a clairvoyant, past life Akashic record reader, relationship coach, and also have her own column in a magazine called SF Yoga Magazine. It's the column in there called Just Ask Jenny G., and uh, when you do, she will answer you. So, uh, and also her website is soulworkwithjenny.com. Welcome to the roundtable, Jenny.
0: Welcome, Chan. Jen. Thank you,
4: Aggie and, and Nori. I'm always grateful to be a part of your show. Thank you. And yeah. to meet you, other ladies, as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. What happened to you?
4: Well, I've had several near-death experiences myself, and and, um, it started when I was four years old when I didn't want to be here. I I was only connecting with the moon and the stars, and I was asking God, please take me back. I don't want to be here in this family or here. And then I had this being came into my room and started to tell me why I'm here what my duties are going to be and i was begging to take me home i didn't want to be here so they showered me with love after sharing with me why i'm supposed to be here and i went back to sleep so ever ever since then my whole life has changed i was even showing when Because I go into different transes all the time. So I was even shown when I was going to pass away in this lifetime very detailed. And every time that I was going to go to the certain location to film, I've been delayed. So one of my near-death experiences, um, to more simplify it for, for the viewers out there, was I was going through a hard time. And I get messages 24-7 from the spirit world, as I call it. And I channel with the Christ consciousness because one of my most profound near-death experiences was having Christ standing right in front of me with the message he gave me. Um, and I can see him as clear as this very second as I am looking at you right now. So... The years go on and so on, and I always connected with the beings of why I'm here and so on. But this one time I was having more struggles, and I'm like, you know what, I was talking to my friend, and I'm like, you know what, I'm just so tired, I'm exhausted, you know, I need to get away, but I can't afford to go away at that certain time. And he's like, Jenny, you cannot afford not to go away. So I travel alone as it is. I like being on my own and meeting new people. And, and I always meet different soul tribes and so on. And I'm like, I'm going to, back to Hawaii because I love Hawaii. And I resonate with it in many different ways. So I go to Hawaii and I'm like, you know what? I need space. I get my air mattress. And I'm like, I'm going out there on the ocean just to catch the waves type thing, as I call it. And I'm like, here I am floating on my air mattress. And the sky starts to come up to me and talk to me. And and I just, I didn't want to be like, talked to, I didn't want to be bothered. I'm like, I just need space, but I didn't want to be rude. So I kind of like, I'm like, you know what, i got to get out further here. I don't want to be around all these people. And I wasn't really paying attention. I was just kind of floating away. And I'm like, oh, finally, now I can relax. And I was really tense. And I just had this feeling. I'm like, I, I, I didn't I didn't know what it was or what was gonna happen, but I knew it was gonna be something significant. And I I turned around and right behind me was this huge massive wave. Like it, it was massive. And just as it almost touched me, I just I got thrown from my air mattress. The air mattress went what right up in the air, like way over. And I was pulled down in this strong current with the waves. And I could see like going under the water and down and down and really deep. And it was like at that second, I got really mad because I'm like, you know what? This is the last thing I need right now. I came out here to relax. And I'm like, is this if this is how it's supposed to go? So be it. I was really upset right? You know, because I'm like, I don't want to drown. That's supposed to be painful, right? So I'm arguing with myself for a second. And then, and then all of a sudden, I felt, I felt like warmth, like the water all of a sudden was really, really warm. I, I saw like, just like, as I opened my eyes, it was like this light, really, it was like a really warm white, light. it was just kind of opening, like, just kind of gradually opening as I was kind of looking down. It was like a cave almost, but it was like a white light. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, I thought maybe somebody with a flashlight or something, I wasn't really thinking, you know. And then all of these sea animals were starting to swim around me. And I was communicating with them. Like, I'm also an animal communicator. And these sea animals started communicating to me, it was like Nemo watched that watching Nemo or finding Nemo. It was almost like I was communicating with the fish and and I even saw like shark in the distance, and I wasn't scared and the colors all of a sudden these colors were really glittery, and the vibrations of this this light this like tunnel it almost looked like there were so many different sparkles like. Sparkles that it was like watching a Disney movie where, whenever they do some sparkle in the snow, it has that real spark to it. It was almost like all of these vibrational frequencies were like all surrounding around me, all surrounding around me. And I felt this presence starting to walk, come closer to me. And I knew it was Christ because I had another near death experience with him. And at that time, when I had last had that near death experience with him, long story short, I told him at that time, No, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay. Because he had asked me at that time, If you come with me, you're not gonna be in any more pain. If you stay, your life is gonna be nothing but pain because you have all of these karmic situations to clear, which I already knew because when I was four, I was already explained by these beings. How my life was truly going to be. So I'm like, no, I'm going to stay. I want to resolve these issues. I'm not going back one second of my life. I'm here. And I just felt this warmth being like all around me. And it was like these fish and sea animals. They're like, oh, she's staying. She's staying. You know what? I'm like, I felt really, it was really cool because I felt really like, wow. I'm loving these, this energy of these sea mammals, I didn't want to leave, I wanted to stay under the water. And then I started seeing my life as another lifetime as me being a dolphin. And it was almost like these sea animals that were around me were my friends. And they're coming back to say, Hey, how are you doing? Right? So, and then I'm like, Okay, I guess I'm supposed to be here maybe longer than and then I just, it, it was like, Somebody like with their hands being cut, and it was, I'm sure it was Christ. Like, I I don't know that for sure, but it was like the two biggest hands I've ever seen in this planet. It was like they, you know, he scooped me up and he brought me up very gently and he put me right back on top of the water, very calmly. And right beside me was my air mattress that went floating way up, way in the sky before. And I just felt this calmness, like this this real calmness. And I got back on my air mattress and I went back to my hotel. I don't know how long I was gone for. I I don't know. And I don't even remember much of swimming back and going on the beach because I was the way out. Like I was the way out because I didn't want to be bothered by anybody. I needed my space. And I go back to my hotel room, I have a shower. And then I remember I just laid on my bed and I felt for the rest of the night that I was like floating and floating. And even whenever I drifted off to sleep, I literally felt that Christ energy being very much around me. you know. And it, and it was almost like I felt like this hand like being on my forehead. And it was almost like any and all worry I had ever had was gone, was gone. So it was it was quite ex- extraordinary, really, because all of my near death experiences, I'm very connected with the Christ, and that's why, as I mentioned, I channel and work with the Christ consciousness. I get messages 24/7 all the time, and that's why I do the work that I do. Help other people come to terms with things, even in the hospice when I worked on on an off call for many years. You know, I'd I'd work with everybody there and the patients and staff and everybody and so on so it was really really beautiful i mean you know especially with the water the water just the floating and and the the energy of the sea animals right and i i hear that's why i'm also drawn even to oceans as well because i hear messages from the animal kingdoms 24/7 so this is why i want to go back to the ocean and and have that conversation with the whales and so on and so on because i can hear them And what their messages and what's going on under the sea world. So
1: you you mentioned yeah, Gunnery.
0: Oh well, I I knew that you were an animal communicator because you've received messages from Pixie. That you know the only way that you could have known that was to get them from Pixie. So, but this makes so much sense to me now that you were that you had that relationship right for that for that time and they were with you and they were celebrating that you decided to stay and that's amazing, Jen. Amazing. Yeah. So beautiful
4: Yeah, there yeah, there's been so many near-death experiences, right? And I was just trying to pick more or less one um where more people can more connect with it, right? Because it the other one I had with Christ, that's kind of like something happened one day that brought me to the hospital the next day that brought me out and then it went on for about three weeks where all of a sudden I was right in front of him. Right. So, and it just, it stays with me. And and even when I was showing how I was going to pass away in this lifetime and so on, it's so like, I can see this very second right now, even in who finds me, how it happens. And, And I also saw myself leave my body and so peaceful and who finds me in the whole story. And I've been meaning to go out there and film every year for quite some time on my documentaries. So and every year it's stalled and I'm like, OK, OK, it's not the right time or whatever. Or and even I'll I'll, I'll get out there and I mean, I'll probably be able to feel, you know what, if something's not feeling right. or I, I'd sense it because I can see that. And it's like, OK, if I'm ready to go, I'll just do it. Right. So we all have that opportunity to really, truly leave when we want, because I've healed myself when i was going through something that nobody knew about i keep a lot to myself and i went to different healers to heal me and, and i mean i was very grateful for the help but um i actually healed myself when i i went into this trans and and i i saw this white substance come out of my side and then i turned around and the clock was at eleven eleven. 11 and then when i finally went back to the specialist you know, to find out, okay, how much time left do I have, right? He goes, what are you talking about? Your tester are clear. And that's what I was told mm-hmm. would happen. So it's it's really, really interesting because I believe we can choose in a way when we're truly, truly ready to go. Sometimes we just leave, yeah. of course, and, and different, different things and, and different reasons, of course. So... But I wasn't scared and I'm not scared to pass whenever it happens. I'm not because I've had so many near-death experiences.
1: Yeah. When you said you were brought in front of the Christ, did you see him or did you feel feel him?
4: Yes. No, I saw him. Mm -hmm. I saw him. No, it, it it was it was so clear. Like I could that was a while back. And I could see him this very second right there as i was a few years ago right in front of me now i'll never forget that it was very profound um and even when i woke up as i call it um i had like because even in my dream or vision or what happened as i call it i was holding a baseball bat and when i had woke up from that or when i was sent back down from that time my bed was soaking wet like soaking wet it was just like wow like what happened and i got out of bed because eventually i was in so much pain i had passed out in pain right um and i couldn't move there was no phones i had just moved into an apartment and i passed out in excruciating pain something that happened to me that i was ignoring i don't like doctors right so um, and then I was waking up because my buzzer was buzzing in my apartment because I didn't have my phone hooked up back then, and um, it was my friend, so and I was soaking wet, like just soaking wet. And I'm like, hey, like, what happened? Was there a leak? Like, you know, and I was holding the baseball bat. Hmm. I was holding the baseball bat when I woke up. I didn't have a baseball bat. I didn't own a baseball bat.
0: <laughs> That's so interesting.
4: <laughs> How did that get there? <laughs> well, in my in my with Christ, he was telling me um one of the things he was saying to me is he said, "Come, come my child because your life is going to be nothing but pain. Let me take you." And he was right. He was right. Every time something I've had a very painful life clearing karmic situations and of course and I understand that and that's why I help people really work through their stuff because I don't want that person to be going through that and I also give you the the steps how to work through it and so on and so on right and I'm like no I'm not going back another second and having to repeat anything nobody could give me anything to take me back one second of my life Uh uh-uh so I'm like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to mm-hmm. deal with it. I'm going to resolve issues. So that's why for many years, people call me the Buddhist, Buddhist monk because I spent many, many years alone, um, meditating all day long, doing deep esoteric work and healing within for many, many years. And I spend more time alone as it is. And I chant every day, meditate all day long and so on. Get messages 24 20 coming through. Mm-hmm. Wonderful.
1: Amazing. thank you thank you so much for letting us know that and uh i
0: have a question um some noticing the theme rebecca before your experience were you like questioning life or you know wondering about your purpose or did you have any questions like that or any anything like that going I, on
2: i, I can do it Well, I think at a young age, I want to say like right around 14, I knew I was going to take the path of some sort of healer. I thought maybe psychology because, um, I, and I definitely, I also, um, I, I, the ancestral healing is a huge theme for me. I also, um, created an ancestral healing program as well. I've done it with groups before. Um, it's pretty incredible. So I totally understood. Um, what was her name again? I'm so spacey, Geraldine. and I am so sorry. Geraldine. Yes, yeah. yes, Geraldine. Sorry, I'm way out there. But um, when she talked about our ancestry, and and healing our lineage as well, and um, sort of how that goes backwards and forwards in time, and I kind of had an an understanding of that at age fourteen. I looked at some of my family members, and I was like okay, I'm here, there's, there's a better way to do this than some of them are doing it, not all of them, and it was, like, um, there was a knowing, like, I'm here to help them see a different way, sort of, but I didn't know exactly, I was kind of young, and then, but, yeah, definitely after the, the near death experience, um, it definitely propels you into, um, like I couldn't get my hands off of anything that wasn't spiritual and like just developing my gifts more rapidly as my own body healed. And, um, there was definitely, yeah, a knowing of, um, of, of something powerful is going to unfold I just don't know exactly how it looks and then over time as I started I'm just channeling energy and I'm um, just being a channel in general connecting to the angelic realm I uh it kind of took on a life of its own and I just learned how to surrender to it but there were definitely um roadblocks to 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 step over you know in the beginning like um you know, just. Just being part of the woo woo group and all so that fun stuff, and mm-hmm. you know, then you get to a point where I I don't care what people think about me. It's it's mm-hmm. between me and my soul yeah. and my divine yeah. path and and whatever. And you know, normal people are boring anyway. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, yeah. so it's like those of us you know that talk about ETS and all the cool stuff. I mean, we um. You know, and I also I'm an Rh negative. So I've always been fascinated wow. with that. Like, why am I one of those weird people? And I'm left handed. And mm-hmm. I always was definitely sort of just different, you know, and I'm a different sensitivity. And I would recluse as well and meditate for hours by myself, because I don't want to be around humans sometimes. Just mm-hmm. there, you know, sometimes other auras can be like nails on a chalkboard when you're going through your own transformation you just have to get into your own psychic space as well you know and and kind of vibe up and and shut it all out you know yeah i I totally understand all of you guys is what you're saying on like the deepest levels
1: (laughs) yeah don't be afraid of having critics coming after you because there's this good saying out there you know like to avoid criticism, all you have to do is to say nothing, do nothing, and be nothing, and there will be yeah. no criticism.
4: Yeah. yeah. Like, just be yourself, you know? Like, like yep. my view is, this is me, take it or leave it. And as long as you're being authentic and uh, being genuine and, and speaking from your heart the truth, that's the only thing that matters. Yeah. yeah, You know? Because we're, that... we're all unique. Like, we all... Have gifts and abilities and talents, and um, you know that's why we're here to share those abilities and gifts and talents. Did
0: that change for you, Jen? After your experience, did you did you feel more like this is who I am? Take it or leave it. Was that? Um, I I think that because, like, I've had a lot of different clearing
4: to do and such, and um, especially whenever you open your eyes to the truth and the reality of certain situations it's like you know if i find myself in a situation let's say as an example that i'm like why am i here like why Mm. is this happening i don't point the finger at anybody at all i look at myself and i'm like okay how did i get myself here how did you attract that you know and then it also comes down to you need to set boundaries why are you allowing somebody to try to control you or manipulate you or um you know any of those types of things so then it's like that wake up call of i know my worth i love myself i'm not going to allow somebody to treat me like that so when you start setting those boundaries then certain people don't like that because then they can't walk over you that can't take you for granted they can't continue no. that with you even today i had to do that with someone you know and it's just like it doesn't work that way anymore i'm sorry right So it's like you you just change because when you start to kind of, you know, go through like meditate, I was meditating every single day for years and years and years. And you start to see more clarity and understand why these things are happening. And I've also seen all my past lives because I also do past life Akashic records. So and I understand when I meet somebody, I'll know who you are and who you were to me in another lifetime and why you're here. So when there's certain people, let's say, that I meet that I'm like, you know what? You might be hot and all, you know, right? Like some guy, but I'm like, you know, I'm not going to get involved with you again because I'm not going to put myself through that. However, um, it's nice to see you again and I wish you the best and so on and so on and so on because I always wish somebody the best, no matter who it is. I just don't want to go back into that situation again. So then I walk the, the opposite direction and then just continue on working on myself. Because the more I learn and such, the more I can help others find that peace within and and come to terms with things with an understanding this is why this is happening to you and so on. And that's my reward for me. That's my reward.
1: Absolutely. I see we're getting down towards the end here. And uh, you can get a hold of uh, Jenny G at soulworkwithjenny.com. And uh, Rebecca, uh, the best way to get her is on Facebook, and that is uh, her name, of course. That's Rebecca with a K, R E B E K A R E N E. So you'll find her on Facebook, and that is uh, where she's at. She, I think you got a, a website that is being worked on right now. So
2: yeah, I'm in the middle stage. I'm getting a new website. And um, maybe even an app. So I'm in this like weird place of no website temporarily. And also my email is soulfire, S-O-L-E-F-I-R-E 444 at gmail.com as well.
1: Good deal. All right. And uh, Geraldine, she got kicked off. She fell out of the uh, show. So (laughs) she's been in the waiting room, but we're going to close down anyway. And uh, Geraldine can be reached. Geraldine Orozco dot com and gosh uh, any more good comments nori
0: i'm just uh, like floating on air for having been with with all of you and with geraldine and your stories augie's right they're they're going to stay with me probably for the duration Yeah. yeah really i learned so much i mean so much that i can't even give words to yet just the feeling um, that each of you carried the vibration of your stories it's just i'm so grateful thank you ladies thank you so much yeah. thank you
4: thank you, thank, so you.
1: thank you very much and i think that by now for the listeners out there uh, the rumor is that about 90 percent of everybody in the world they are afraid of death Hopefully, that number is a little smaller after tonight. I am quite sure it is, because what you have heard is what we... The rumor on the street is that we will all see that one day. (laughs) And it's going to be a good experience, because nobody dies. Oh, Geraldine is back. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. I thought you fell off the world.
3: (laughs) Um, I don't know why my computer keeps blacking out today. Thank you. It was an honor to be here. Thank you so much for having me. These wonderful ladies with their incredible stories. And thank you.
1: Okay. Well, we should. uh, We ran over 10 minutes and uh, we just have to live with it.